Hello. This is the house on Valencia Street. I'll be your host. I use explicit language. Topics will include ghosts, the paranormal, psychic ability, the fact that I lisp just a little bit because, well, dental issues, you see. Um, thank you for your patience and your kindness. Uh, let's see, what else do we got? Let's see. Oh, this is about um, psychic ability, rape, incest, domestic violence, uh, foster care, emancipation, uh, therapy, BDSM, kink. Let's see what else. Buddhism. Uh, um, <clears throat> I believe in I believe in some deity or agnosticism or atheism, uh, as you see fit. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, these are some heavy topics sometimes, and uh, you may want to chill out or chill in, whatever you prefer. Uh, so these topics may be something you want to dive on into, and maybe I got a voice you want to listen to. Let's see what happens. Um, if you want to say no thanks, you don't consent, that's fine. There's a door. You could Bye-bye. So, uh, <laughs> although, you know, if you're, you're welcome to stay as long as you're polite and, you know, uh, listen some, that'd be fine. Um, maybe, uh, maybe I'll end up listening to you someday. We'll see. Although right now this is working. Okay. I'm holding a bunch of papers in my hands. Let's see. Okay. What else do I need to say to you? Um, I'm not a professional therapist. Um, uh, this is a one case study, my experience, strength and hope, uh, as the case may be. Oh, we talk about 12 step too sometimes and addiction and recovery, codependency and enabling certainly. Uh, yeah. And uh, the house on Valencia Street is a place I grew up for several years. It was haunted. And in talking about that haunted house, I end up talking about a lot of other things that was going on that everybody was just fine with, that people are still just fine with. People ain't talking about it. I'm talking about it. And um, my goal is to build a bridge and also get some ideas popping and get some healing going on so we got some boundaries and some strength, right? Because I heard... Um, I was listening to a <clears throat> YouTube podcaster, uh, is it jo uh, Jess Stanley? I'll, cor I'll correct that in the notes. She talks about uh, narcissism and empathy disordered behavior on YouTube. And she's just uh, talking anecdotally from her own personal experience. She doesn't have a degree. Um, but what was it she said? Um, when boundaries are repeatedly broken, there is no respect. When there is no respect, there is no love. You know, so that's, a, you know, when you're trying to evaluate what people are doing, if they keep doing the same pattern over and over again. I think it's, is it Jess Stanley? I'm going to go ahead and look that up. But anyway, she's a great person to kind of bounce around and go, yeah, she's describing some patterns I've seen. And uh, she's talking about therapy and counseling. Okay, check, check. I, I appreciate that. And she's giving me some good ideas about how to see things. Um, especially when it comes to shame and judgment, because I'll shame and judge myself into a corner and self-flagellate uh, emotionally. Uh, <laughs> and um, I need to watch that a little bit. So I have to kind of be on it and get perception checks with somebody now and again. So here we go. Um, what's going on today? Today is letters to the editor. Uh, this editor right here. Letters to the editor. And these letters, well, <laughs> these were written uh, mostly about 30 years or more ago 30 about 30 to 35 years ago some of them some of them last five ten years actually 
But what ended up happening was uh, I've been doing a lot of prayer and meditation this last week. I've been having some shifting going on. Uh, sometimes when you're trying to bring something in that's different, like say you want to publish a, a best-selling book and or a best-selling podcast, and then you want to, oh, I don't know, get some tools and educational pointers out there for people who may have been in a position you was in, feeling hopeless, feeling beaten, cops turning away while that guy beats you into the corner one more time. Okay, well, uh, one way I got through it was uh, therapy, counseling, reading books, um, a lot of prayer and meditation, <laughs> which is still keeping me going today. Um, <clears throat> and having a belief in a spiritual supreme being helps me. It soothes me. So um, I spend time with that. It helps me recharge and feel nourished, I guess. So um, I am looking at these letters. I was in my bedroom today looking around for something in a, in an old drawer and and I was putting everything away and suddenly I heard this kind of like a creak or a knock like a a strange settling of the house how sometimes furniture will make little noises and, and it was like a little pop and my intuition said pay attention your your, your attention is being drawn right here and I went well okay let's go with it because that's what I do sometimes with my intuition I'm like well sometimes it's just static and sometimes someone's talking to you right so so I was like, okay, well, let's see what's going on. I opened up a drawer and I recognized this bright, hot, pink stationery from a friend of mine that was close to me for about 14, 15 years. And she said she fell in love with me and then I fell in love with her. And then she, I helped her get together with someone and she's still with that person and 30 years later. And so um, I saw some love notes from her and it, it was beautiful and it stung. It was like this old, oh, fuck that. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, back in the day, we used to write letters more. And also, I, I still write letters. I just sent two handwritten cards today uh, just because it makes me feel good. And people like having something in their hands sometimes, you know, especially during this pandemic. So I'm going to read a couple letters to the editor, uh, a couple quotes I just thought I'd kick back to you that were kind of like, a, oh, yeah? Okay. One of them is from a guy named Garvin. I've mentioned it in the past. Now, Garvin worked at the post office, and he worked with my mama. And uh, mama perceived them to have a powerful love, see? And uh, he gave her, you know, these, uh, he gave her Don McLean's Babylon and, you know, all these beautiful albums and empty chairs and... And she talked about that. And I was kind of around during that period, right before she ended up marrying someone else. And he was had a wife that was infirm. And uh, he was an alcoholic as well. So, um, which he told me when we talked recently that he's stopped drinking. So he recognized that something's going on there. He volunteered that. I was like, oh, so uh, thank you. That was a little growth there. I saw at least a shift there. But when we were talking uh, and I called him, I was inspired by a spirit to look up his name and number. And I thought, you know, and there he was, you know, he's an old school, has a hardwired, you know, wired phone line and still got the old phone number. Called him in Walla Walla and said, hey, you know, and he's retired and he's remarried. And uh, I was talking to him and I mentioned this album that uh, he'd given my mama. Now I'm going to pause. I, he may have memory issues. So that may be part of this because he's getting older. You know, and mom's passed away 15 years. So, you know, maybe he's got memory issues. You know, he's still alive. So um, he didn't remember this letter or he, he didn't remember. He didn't remember the deep love that mama talked about and that I kind of perceived on some level. They wouldn't talk about it direct, but you could sense it because he was around it kind of. Right. Well, 
lo and behold, in my old letters of uh, yore, I pulled out, there's a, there's a, here's a letter from Garvin. Now, Garvin's a first name. Garvin's a last name. Garvin's a made-up name. We don't know. Garvin's still alive, so. <laughs> but I'm going to read you a quote from him that he wrote me. This is, uh, he didn't date this, but this is back when I'm going to college. So this is uh, about 30 years ago, at least 30 years ago. So this is a direct quote of him, the guy who couldn't remember that album that he gave my mama that were, those songs are still in my bones and were an example of true love. Okay, so he, did, he didn't remember that he'd sent her that little, gave her that album, see, but check this shit out. I'm quoting from a letter he wrote me right back then. Quote, I hope for sure you get to go to Arizona at Christmas. Your mom is lonely and I'd give anything to be there with you both. We're going to Nevada in February. I don't know if your mom told you, but she finally gave so-and-so the axe. <laughs> it wasn't easy for her. God knows why. But she did do it. And believe me, I love your mom more than any woman I have ever met. Although I know she is a nut. <laughs> so the guy that forgot what album he gave my mama said she he was deeply in love with her and missed her. And then he's writing me after they're breaking up saying, I'm still in love with your mom. He's telling me he can't remember at you know, of course he's married to someone else now, you know, but I'm sitting there looking at that going, Oh yeah, Bucko. <laughs> Well, in this letter to the editor, it's something different, bucko. So anyway, that's cool. But anyway, why do I need to... Well, this, this thing fell into my hand. See, so... And sometimes when things fall into your hand, you go, okay, is there something to learn from that? Okay, let's take a look at it. Actually, this is from a poet I want to read to you. My mama gave me this. And this also took, kicks back to 12 steps. So this is a poet I'm reading to you. Quote, I know that I haven't been easy to be with lately. But when I'm wrapped up in my own worries, I forget that I may be causing you stress as well. Being under pressure does not give me the right to be self-centered or short-tempered with you, and I'm sorry for acting as though it did. Nor does it justify thinking only of my needs and expecting you to serve them while yours are ignored. You've been so good to me through this difficult time. Your patience and humor have come at the right moments and you've never complained, though I know it's been rough on you, too. For helping me cope, for being there when I need you, and simply for putting up with me, I thank you so very much. That was written by Paula Finn, F-I-N-N, published on Blue Mountain Arts Cardstock. <laughs> Blue Mountain Arts got bought by American Greetings about 20 years ago, but before then, they were a little bit small. They were run out of Colorado, apparently. I looked them up when I was looking up this author, Paula Finn. Paula Finn has a Twitter. Paula Finn has a LinkedIn, if you want to find some more poets like that. And Mama signed that. Love you, love you, love you, Ma, Mama. <laughs> got to be careful on identifying people here. It's, I got to edit out names. It's hard. Okay. Heck, I might edit that out, too, with my simple tools here. So that's a little poetry for you. This is an example of someone who's making amends. This is an example of somebody who's um, being accountable. And that's a 30-some-year-old card, okay? 
I know that my mama bought that in Walla Walla because she liked to buy Blue Mountain Arts cards in Walla Walla because they used to stock them in Walla Walla and mama had a fetish for paper and pens working at the post office. So <clears throat> that's a little something from my heart, from my, my little mama's heart. And um, oh, there's all kinds of letters and shit I'm looking at here. <laughs> I found some cards from some people that I love that are always kind of, that I've let go of, you see. This is a card mom wrote when she was at work. She's like, I got to get going. I got to go to work. And she had to get three joints replaced because of all the tough work that the post office was for 23 years. So this is when she was still kicking ass, taking names, working her ass off. We had an agreement, see. And uh, what we did was instead of Mother's Day, because I, I challenge her all the time on, well, not all the time, but I'd, I'd ask her questions because, you know, getting my bachelor's in philosophy, I question shit and I still do. So I'd say, hey, <clears throat> I'd say, why don't they have a daughter's day? Why don't they have a son's day? They got a mother's day. They got a daddy's day. You know, so we joke around about it. And um, uh, we do a celebration on Father's Day. And I'd, I'd write her and I'd say, hey, happy Father's Day. You was my father, too. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm looking at a card here. It's got this kind of holographic bouquet of flowers on it. And it's got some soppy, you know, poetry and stuff. Because my mom and I were kind of like that. But anyway, she uh, took a Mother's Day card, see, and she scratched out Mother's Day. And she wrote Daughter's Day. Because <laughs> that was our special little lot in our fucking celebration. Because why the hell not? And here's another way she adapted and grew. I'm, let's talk about some growth from letters to the editor today. Um, let's see, Mama, um, Mother used to buy a sister of mine. Uh, let's see which one. She's the French one. The French one. Uh, the French one lives within 20 minutes of my house, and uh, I'd rather go to a homeless shelter if I was dying than knock on her door. And that sounds awful, but I got, my mama used to say, this is my mama's most frequent statement about this sister. I'm not naming names, but uh, here we go. I'd hate to be bleeding on her doorstep. I'd hate to be bleeding on her doorstep, because that one... <laughs> She'll stick it in a twist just to watch you go, ow! She likes the little, she's a little sadistic, that one. Anyway, and the thing is, I can dress it up and play the part. Although I don't really want you to hurt unless pain feels good to you. And we agree and we have boundaries, right? Then I'll do service top and I'll take care of you if I'm doing the, that kink and BDSM thing. But some people are just mean and they mean it, right? So, and uh, she told me a couple times, she's got parts of her that uh, she describes as, quote, they only want to eviscerate and they have no empathy, quote. I have a sister who describes parts of her personality like that. Uh, yeah, it's part why I don't talk to her no more. Yeah, yeah. I think the last thing I did where I went, okay, we got to watch this is, uh, well, okay, I don't want to humiliate nobody and I don't want to make fun of someone with mental health problems. She's got a big diagnosis, that one. And, uh, Really glad she's got therapy and that she's got medication for it because that one you can disassociate from reality and you do violent things and it's uh, tough. So I'm real glad she's getting her therapy and stuff. And well, I got 10 years in. I probably need another year or two easy. But okay, so there you go. Uh, my mama's showing me how to apologize. And this is right around when I'm going to foster care and getting emancipated. And that letter I, I Garvin that I read that quote from I'm in college when he's writing this and I'm at Wake College and he's writing me at college saying go visit your, your mama she's in Arizona and she misses you so he's looking after her and uh, then her last husband the one that was the good stepdad he's the one who uh, 
he really was like, your, your mama misses you. Come, come visit, you know? And he was like really pushing for that. And so finally I did. And it was, uh, well, that was a pretty important trip, but that's another conversation, I suppose. Anyway. Okay. So you got some examples of what apology and amends look like coming from somebody who's going 12 step and taking some responsibility for their shit. All right. Good job, mom. Good job. Appreciate that. All right. What else do we got here? Well, here's the, here's the kicker on this one. <laughs> well, uh, this podcast is about foster care. It's about emancipation. So today a little foster care kick in. Um, I lived with some girls in a foster home in Walla Walla in the eighties. And, um, I really don't have much from that time because, you know, when you're in a foster home and you're getting piled up on a Greyhound bus going to Pullman, Washington to go to school, you know, you got a couple boxes of shit and then, you know, she's moving, your mama's moving and your dad's abandoning you. And, you know, he's the only thing he's got to say to you is critical things. You don't have anything supportive to say to you. So uh, that guy, he's a, he's a, uh, my father is someone that I could try to forgive and I'm not quite there yet today, but uh, I'm praying for the will to forgive on that one because I may never get there, but yeah. Um, but the other part of me is kind of like happy because sometimes, you know, when you're a kid, you're thinking, oh, man, I want to get back and know that person. That's my daddy. I got to know my daddy. And your daddy may be a very bad man and you may be getting intervened on spiritually to protect you from that bad man. See, you may not know it yet. But anyway, um, OK, sometimes shit like that happens. OK, the house on Valencia Street, sometimes some wackadoodle shit happens. So here we go. Letters to the editor. This is a graduation card that has about, oh, I don't know, 10, 12 you know, congratulations on reaching an important goal because I was graduating high school and in, in foster care, high school graduation is a very rare thing. So I got this card that has about half a dozen of my foster sisters have signed this. And I, as a, someone who's empathic or intuitive, um, physical things are important to me. That's why I keep cards. That's why I keep, you know, even innocuous things that were in the hand of someone that I loved. I'll hold them and just, you feel it. I think a lot of us can feel that or do that sentimentally. So this card has the writing, the handwriting from half a dozen of my foster sisters. And two of them came from a family. How do I put this? Um, well, one of them, the one I can there's two of them I tried to contact today, uh, Facebook, um, or was one of my spiritual mentors calls it nose book. Cause you just nosing into people's shit, right? So that's what she calls it. Nose book. <laughs> I kind I kind of agree with her on that one. Uh, so this one is, uh, um, I've mentioned that there was a pregnant girl who was sleeping. Uh, well, I may have mentioned this. One of my foster sisters was a pregnant girl who came to us and she didn't have a place to go because there wasn't a place that was taking pregnant girls at that time. So she slept on the couch. And we had between six to 10 kids at that foster home. And she had the name of a Greek uh, character in a ancient tragedy that's quite well known. And she has a beautiful name and it's unusual. And uh, she was kind of in situation that we all was, all the other kids, but she wrote me and I thought of her over the years and I found her on, I found her on fucking nosebook. <laughs> through her daughter because I, and it's funny cause I was praying and meditating about it. And this is where I sit there and go, there's a God. Uh, you can say it's my old memory, but I don't think so because when, when, when intuition is delivered to you and it feels like you're sitting there going, I want some more information on this and I'm holding this person's handwritten letter with their name and their writing and their 
my words of love for me. And I'm holding this in my hand and I'm going, that was her first name, but I can't remember her last name. And then I'm looking around, looking around and there I see her daughter. And that baby daughter was sleeping on the couch with us. That was her baby daughter. And I was like, that's her name. That's her name. And I didn't remember it. And then I was going, what was her last name? What was her last name? And then I heard this other voice in my head say blank. It was like Archer. It was like, you know, runner. It was like a, a type of name. And um, that's not her last name, but those are some types like that. So I was like, oh, that's her last name. And then I was able to spelunk in and find her. And um, I initiated uh, old pictures of us together just to kind of say, hey, remember us from then? You know, say hi. And these people are um, from their uh, nosebook pages, on their Facebook pages. They um, are very have a political leaning that's very different than mine and they have some real strong rhetoric on their pages um, and it reminds me of the inhabitants of the present house on Valencia Street uh, that my friend went and I when I went there there was a vibe on it and I was like the present inhabitants perhaps they synchronize with the past inhabitants that were disturbing for me and my family you know the ones that saw ghosts we all saw ghosts there three of three of the four daughters saw ghosts there but um so there's this energy of like, oh, they probably voted for a different um, presidential candidate, you know, and um, they've got some real strong rhetoric there. And um, I'm just going to give it up to God and just say, you know, I'm going to hold my line. And I've had to get rid of some, I've had to get rid of some friends that um, triggered some really bad um, traumatic memory this last year and a half with the pandemic. And I need to see a therapist about that traumatic memory that got triggered uh, this year and a half ago. But um, prayer meditation is bringing me to places where a drawer, a dresser drawer is creaking a little bit and saying, come here, come hither, come hither. There's something here to look at. And what I got was a confirmation in the handwriting of the guy who told me, oh, I don't remember giving her that old album. <laughs> he may have he may have memory issues or he may just be a dog it's hard to say he was a little bit of a drinker but uh so uh well no he wasn't a little bit he was a lot he was a lot bit of a drinker at the time which is why he told me he wasn't drinking no more but anyway i liked reading from him like oh i didn't fantasize that no he put it in his own hand and he handed it to me and that's like that's one of those things where you go you know mama told me that and i had that and then he's saying this but that's opposing that and then you get somehow some way his handwritten letter from 30 years ago falls into your hand and in his own voice he says i was more in love with her than any woman i've ever been with and i go okay yeah um yeah he's got some memory issues or he's dodging i don't know but i got it in his hand right here and that's the other thing too it's not like i'm trying to i think i'm just trying to confirm my uh perception on things because when you're born into a situation of violence or incest or rape as I I was and my family was and we tried to heal that through just being present and talking about it um I I think you have perception issues and you know um some of us just anorexic we're socially anorexic and we back the hell off and we've got maybe half a dozen people we allow in but um you know there's so many people that have so much undiagnosed crap they're doing that is triggering and not nice you know and you're like okay that was shame and judgment okay that was evasion okay and, and i'm sitting there working other people's inventory which you know what i got plenty to work on right here okay so anyway i just want to say a shout out to ma and say thank you for that letter where you showed me what apology looks like because now one that could be that could be a false apology potentially you know although in my experience that was accurate to what her actions were as she was 
healing and growing as a person, right? Um, I've got a few more minutes on this 30 minute that I'll throw in here. Um, I've been doing a lot of work with a particular teacher, um, Tara Brock Weekly, the Buddhist mentor. I listen to her quite a bit and I'll sit for hours and maybe too long and just think about things and just kind of be blissed out. Whereas this is where you sit there and go, okay, is my meditation and prayer practice, um, uh, am I just kind of tuning out and getting high on this feeling or is it, uh, I'm getting in tune with and set, planting seeds to become what I want, which is a connected resource that helps, uh, people who are maybe in the situation I was in or my mama or my grandma, all of us being raped down the line and also being psychics and also being talented and also being quiet and spiritual and all kinds of shit. We get to do all of it. What the hell not slather it all over. What the fuck? Anyway. Okay. So that, uh, I like the confirmation that sometimes a fellow can write you who might have a drinking problem 30 years later, tell you, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I'm like, Oh, that handwritten letter that you sent me a caller said something otherwise, bucko. Okay. Check. It makes sense. I was thinking that he, he told me that she told me that. And that was the case. So and, you know, she's gone. He's living. and He's got someone to be with. And, and kudos to them. I, I like seeing love. If someone's going to, you know, be, I may not agree with you, but as long as you're, you know, feeling loved and getting love back and not hurting anyone in the process, you get a shit. Okay. Let's see what else. Uh, I got to see some, some of my mom showing her character and, and growing showing up and growing up. And then um, I wrote two of my foster sisters today and said, I remember you. One of those two sisters, it's one of the reasons I want to say this, and I don't quite know how to approach this, so I'm going to just acknowledge some things neutrally and see if she bites or, or comes in on it. But um, I believe my foster dad molested some of us kids, and I believe he molested her, one of them. And uh, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to volunteer it. But if she brings it up, I'm going to endorse her and say, I want you to know I believe you, and I was there. And he didn't get me, although he, I sensed he got you because she ended up filing charges and then she recanted later. And I just want her to know I believe her, you know, and, um, so that's all. And even if I don't end up talking to her about that, you know, I just put it out there and said, this is who I am. You know, if you want to give me a, a hello, um, there's a lot of trauma going on then. They may not want to talk to me. And also the one that was, uh, had the baby, the little, uh, little angel on the couch there. Um, she's married to someone who's pretty darn conservative and pretty darn aggressive in his pay Facebook nose, nose book stuff, I guess. And, uh, I, I, I don't know if I'll be welcome there because I'm different than that, but that's okay. Either way, she, she's such a beautiful, I remember her beauty and strength and we were so young back then. So, but anyway, I'll round this out with one of the tools I'm using right now. Um, and I have some shame in saying this, which I, I guess talks about our culture, and, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. You know, if we, we had Robert Schuller, we've had all kinds of different famous spiritual leaders. Um, there's a book called The Secret that was out for quite some time. And it, it kind of, you know, a science and data person is going to look at that and go, come on, you know, and even I do. So they're going to go, you mean just thinking about it's going to make you what, you know, but as I've progressed, you know, I've looked back at a couple tools I've used, for example. Uh, Tony Robbins, uh, personal power management. I used that set twice and it's a month long intensive. It was on D CDs and 
CDs and was there any audio tapes of that? It might have been. I'm talking the 90s there. But that goal setting workshop was really useful. And there's a couple quotes I still take from that. Now, as I've matured as a woman uh, and I saw his last movie on Netflix, uh, he did a lot of sexist things and a lot of, well, let me phrase that. I could say that better. I wasn't comfortable with the gross generalizations he was making about gender and power. Uh, and he was being, he'd have two women. Um, one was an independent business owner. One was a person who'd been molested in a, in a, a religious home and the other part of me is kind of like well hasn't everybody got but then i'm like oh no i was not, not everybody was <laughs> but you know, as a part of me is like why is everybody pouring sympathy on her and the thing is these two women that he was talking about in this movie he treated them very differently and the big he cut off he said get rid of that relationship get there to see ya and then the other one that was like the, the broken wing one that was more stereotypically attractive that was less assertive that was more submissive energetically oh he was all over her just piling up people to take care of her you know and getting her resources and money but the one that was autonomous and independent business owner no so i'm done with tony robbins on that one but thank you i did get growth with tony robbins and maybe i've grown into something different Esther Hicks is one of the people I've been working with, and maybe I'll expound upon her work. Esther Hicks, she does work with Abraham Hicks, and she's an American channeler, and she talks a lot about, she worked with The Secret, the book The Secret, which is why I brought it up, and uh, she's detached from that production, but um, she did it in a pretty neutral way. Uh, she didn't do it like, I, I don't like you, you don't like me, just like, I think I, I'm going to work on something else, and she detached from that. And I kind of like the way she did it. I think she did it with class. So anyway, um, yeah, the law of attraction and meditation, that's been my vibe. And it's pulling up some old letters, apparently. A letter to the editor today. Hey, you're never alone at the house on Valencia Street. I got some dusty old letters that I can uh, shout out with y'all. You're never alone here. And sometimes it's whether you like it or not. Take care, kids. Thinking of you.